freaking out, right? When they hear over the radio that this lunatic killer's escaped from an insane asylum. That's not the way it goes. The boy goes for help, and the girl stays in the car, and she hears this, like, scratching sound. No, Sorry. he's been decapitated. No, he was gutted with a hook. Pre-law, what's the charge for manslaughter? We make a pact. Right here and now we take the Sar grave. For the last year, four friends have kept a secret. Are you on drugs? No. Well, then what is wrong? I've had a rough year. But not all secrets stay buried. Somebody sent this to me. Oh my god. Someone knows. I know what you did last summer. Ooh. What they thought would be a new beginning. Toast to us. Is becoming a dead end. Somebody tried to kill you last night. We have to go to the police. If you want to be dead, he could have done it. And the mistake they made. It was an accident. There was no accident. It was murder. What if he's still alive? Hey! What are you doing here? Is coming back to haunt them. Oh, my gosh. He's after me, too. I got a letter. I got run over. Helen gets her hair chopped off. Ah! Julie gets a body in a trunk, and you get a letter? That's balanced. She's waiting for us to unravel. The wait is over. What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? Hello? summer. <gasps> and welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Movies. My name is Ian. My name's Kelly. Kelly's back. Yay! Woo! Kelly's back. Yes, yeah, see, I told you guys, one week. Yeah, that's right. No one has to worry. Around. I had so many questions about whether I fired you or not. So. <laughs> Soon, maybe, but not. You never this know. Week. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on how, you know, Scream goes in that discussion. That's true. I'll lose my yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, for people that got a couple of the hints that I put out there on social media, today we are actually going to be doing a twofer. It's a twofer Tuesday, even though this comes out on Wednesdays. We are going right. to be talking about I Know What You Did Last Summer and I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. But not I Always Know what you did last summer i couldn't handle that <laughs> no that's so mad <laughs> they actually started it with a brand new group of people so it doesn't even continue but it really really doesn't continue with the same thing right i think it's more of like that uh that movie unfriended because it deals with a group of friends that kill another friend and then decide to keep it a secret so right yeah couldn't go into that it was bad enough doing these ones this is true. I think. But, I mean, some classic '90s, you know, horror movies. I mean, for a budget of seventeen million, they made over a hundred, didn't they? they yeah, it's like a hundred twenty-five. Yeah. yeah, and even the sequel still had a small budget and made like eighty-four million. What? Yeah. Holy shit. So I don't think I saw. Well, I was too young to see either of these in theaters, so I did not see. <laughs> I was not able to see either. So you're of these. totally not like, Dad. We need to go see this. You have to bring me because. 
My dad took me to faculty, which we talked about on the show before. Right. Yeah, took me to faculty when I was underage. And then my mom took me to Scream 2 when I was underage. Or Scream 3. It was one of them because I was like, my life's going to be over when this movie's out anyways. Like, I have no reason left to live once all the screams are done. Luckily, Scream 4 came out recently, though, so <laughs> I kept on living. There's always something. You're always, you always need to reach for something. Yeah, you need that. And I'm sure they said next year, Scream 5 is coming out, so no Wes Craven, no Kevin Williamson. But let's mm. keep doing it. Let's just keep eh. on. Yeah. Well, I mean, on that note, I mean, they're remaking this movie that's supposed to come out in uh, 2018. No, that wasn't serious, was it? I got confirmation. I called some people to see if it was still shelved or not. And apparently they're going to start production next can, wait, wait. If, you can, if you can call people can you get me on the writing staff can I just write the movie for them and do it the way it's supposed to be done I am all about submitting some uh, fan takes on this fan takes I'm not even a fan that's why it's going to be good I'm just well you never know <laughs> I think people still remember these movies very nostalgically right I, I, w- I want to say that I remembered it in a slightly different glow because the more I watch this I'm like Jennifer Love Hewitt looks like shit through this whole movie she goes it's the classic Seinfeld episode of like when she's in the right lighting, she looks yeah, fucking she's fine. amazing. Yeah. Right. And in the wrong, it's like, holy shit, is she a drowned rat? Like, what yes. happened? <laughs> and I she's a beautiful you woman. Can, you can't have flatter hair. Like, it's amazing. And of course, when she stands next to Sarah Michelle, who is made up through the whole oh, movie, yeah, you're yeah. like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Jennifer Love Hewitt looks like she didn't sleep. And actually, there is a behind the scenes thing saying that she was very scared making this movie so she didn't sleep very much but you can see the bags under her eyes are not makeup yeah. <laughs> it's just her yeah but she's like i said she's a beautiful woman but in this movie i don't know what the deal is it's just not coming out i guess well and then i also kind of want to blame like the 90s particular style that they dress her in because you can't see her tits at all through the majority of this movie until she's she very gets covered all, up until she gets all wet and then she's wearing that low-cut <laughs> shirt towards the end with the final scenes and everything what well, i mean which is perfect for, you know, the iconic movie poster, which is what you're waiting for. That's true. And then in the second one, she's pretty much drowned in water the entire time and looks <laughs> like, bad that way, too. But yet you still can't see her tits, which is so crazy. <laughs> There's so much, so much bad stuff to talk about. Let's at least talk about some of the good stuff. I thought Sarah Michelle Gellar was good in this movie. Well, yeah, but I mean, this was... This is during Buffy? This is the same year Buffy came out. So this is 1997. So she's still learning the ropes. Like, she's a brand new actress. So I think for this movie, she was able to portray more than a normal slasher movie actress would be able to. Absolutely. And she came off a lot stronger, which was kind of nice. Like, you would figure her to be more, uh, like, she's definitely more of a lead in that regards. Like, she just comes off as a stronger actor. Because, I mean, standing next to uh, Hewitt, she just, I mean, obviously... Hewitt character scared through the whole thing, but like not not a good like not a convincing scared really. Like you're overly playing this up. Like you're coming off super paranoid, and she's and you the haven't... one. Yeah, Jennifer Love Hewitt is the one in the movie who blames the entire group of friends more than anyone else seems to as well. So she's taking that burden on herself. So she's locked herself away. She's tortured herself basically through college, it seems. Which is hysterical because like, okay, well, if you're really that moved by it, then screw that. Go to the police, especially if you're tr- you're going to be a lawyer, really. Who cares if you made a fucking pact? Like, yeah. It doesn't matter. A high school pact. It's kind of like dating in high yeah. school, really? A high school pact where one of the guys threw you up against a car and choked you and made you say, so I'm pretty sure you could be like, oh, that was coercion. Oh, yeah. A little bit. (laughs) 
slight scare tactic, and you have two other witnesses. So before we go into all this stuff, I guess we're you know we're gonna go all around. But I did want to mention the Rotten Tomatoes score for this is thirty six percent. Well, that sounds right. And like I said, it was written by well, the screenplay was written by Kevin Williamson, mm-hmm. but this is actually based on a book, which yes. I did not know. I did not read the book. I'm. I have been told the book is completely different than the movie because it's not a slasher book and this movie is a slasher movie. Yes. And then the book is based on the hook for a folklore, which is also a uh, short story esque kind of thing. It's the hook, the one where they actually do it on that beach, right? They talk about the tapping. They're trying to put it together. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that was. Which I guess was supposed to set the tone for what the movie was supposed to be like, but failed pretty miserably because I don't know what Freddie Prince Jr. was doing in that scene, whether he was supposed to be an idiot or right. he was supposed like they kept on trying to set him up throughout the movie like he could possibly be a killer. Right. But he's too stupid looking to be a killer. <laughs> like it wouldn't work. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. It's if you're trying to get that kind of suspicion there. You, yeah. He is not portrayed that well and he's not convincing enough to where he can be like. Or did I? Or did like, you know, Ooh, like that's not there. Right. But this movie was star-studded. I yeah. Mean, Ryan Felipe, Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Some of the side characters, too. I'm just blanking on their name. Like, Sarah Michelle Gellar's sister is really hot, and she's famous, too. Yep. But there was a weird animosity between them that I still didn't understand. Which they didn't explain. At all. No. <laughs> What I also want to mention that I thought was funny was Kevin Williamson actually wrote the screenplay before Scream. And the only reason why it got picked up is because Scream did so well. They just bought it right out. They were like, oh, shit, this guy can write. Let's take this. But then this wasn't very well written. So, <laughs> Well, you know, it's one of those, ah, oh, this is my first crack at a horror movie kind of a deal. Let's see how this works out. He hit out of the park with Scream. There's really nothing else that ever was better than that for him. And he wrote a shit ton of things. I mean, not only did he do all of Dawson's Creek, but then he did, oh, the amount of movies. I think he did The Faculty as well, if I'm not mistaken. I want to say that's true because I remember you bringing up Scream again. Yeah, yeah. I I bring up Scream a lot, so it's very true. Uh, Johnny Galecki. Ah, there you go. That was Max, right? Yeah. Yep. I like Johnny Galecki. There were plenty of side character people. I didn't know who the killer was. And not as in I didn't know who it was in the movie. I didn't know who the character was. I was so surprised. Yeah, I know. What? (laughs) No. I think the hashtag we have to use for all of our promotion has to be Gordon's Fisherman. Because that was big back in the day. (laughs) That's just it. And it's one of those things where like, really, this is your... I feel like you could have come... Okay, well, okay, I'll give them this leeway. You obviously wanted to feel Fisherman and not Pirate. So there's really two ways that could go there. But still... It wasn't, or I thought of the the salt girl, the little girl in the raincoat with on this can of salt. Oh. This is the outfit they were going for there. Maybe that's in the third one. There you go. Because you know you got to change it up. I I would bet you right now, and I did not read anything about it other than the, the like little synopsis. I could almost guarantee you that the killer in the third one is a woman, just because, oh, or at least in the reboot, it's gonna be right. for sure. Like they have to switch it up some other way. That would be the way to do it. But all right, yeah. But what I also liked about this movie is they had so many slashing scenes in it. How do you slash with a hook? You That's rip, what I don't understand either. You rip and yeah. tear. So if they showed guts flying around, I'd understand that a little bit more. But you better have some fucking forearm strength too. Like, <laughs> you're just rubbing. I, I want to say they're hoping that the audience doesn't realize a hook and a, a, the, the stay or what is it? The, they use it for the crops. The Grim Reaper has one. Oh, the Reaper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, that tool is not the same thing. 
So I'm, I assume that they're oh, assuming that the, that's there we go. Yeah, assuming yeah, yeah. that the audience that they assume that the audience isn't going to know the difference, I guess, because yeah, a, a meat hook or a fishing hook wouldn't do that. Because you also you don't sharpen it. It's not flat. It's round. That's not the point of the weapon. So yeah, like right. when he slashes a sister and the blood <laughs> sprays over like it was a knife. That's not how things work in real life. No. The only cool part that hook actually produces is when you do it so that you're doing almost an uppercut. And you put the hook through someone's like bottom of their chin. That's the only right. time that works Fishing. when you drag them around. Yeah, that's right. if he killed everyone like that, that'd be fine. But he only killed Max like that. And why did Max deserve to die? I mean, no sense. Because he whatsoever. actually didn't know anything. And the way that they set Max up, Max was a better like the role of Freddie Prince Jr. of supposedly might have been might have been the killer. Max was set up much better being the like the killer because I witnessed it or like he ended up being a relative or something. You know, right. something like that. Yes. That would have been much, much better. But, of course, yeah. that's not the way they went. And I read that he wasn't even supposed to be killed in the movie. But because, you know, the Gordon's Fisherman just, like, stays in the shadows most of the movie, you know, you don't really see him do anything until the very end. Right. They had to have someone be killed to show that he meant business. So they just went back in reshoots and had him kill Max. But, I mean, it is a nice discovery to find him in the trunk of your car. Like, that's kind of... Look, the thing, and we're going to talk about this with the second movie, too. The thing that that character is best at, it's not killing people. It's not, you know, he's very stealthy, too, for being a large fisherman guy. <laughs> like, he's very, very in a, stealthy. In a fairy, yeah, without even having to be in the all yellow, you still kind of stick out. Yeah. Because no one still wears that crap. It's very true, especially on summer days, because this happens in the fucking summer. It's July 4th. That's right. when all of this happens. There's no other time. So, what's very funny, though, too, about him is he's amazing at cleanup. Amazing. Like, well, I mean, he's covered in plastic, so that helps. <laughs> but what about when you put Galecki's body with like a thousand crabs in the trunk of a car? They leave for two minutes and come back, and the whole trunk is spotless. No, like, it's not wet. It doesn't smell like crab. Like, wouldn't Jennifer Love Hewitt go, No, my trunk smells like a fuck ton of crabs, doesn't it? And they're like, right. No, everything's great. Febreze, <laughs> man. There's a commercial for you. Yeah. In 97? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know when did when did Febreze come around? Or you need like the Glade stick at things that you always see in like the really bad bathrooms. Oh, yeah. yeah. It'd be funny if there was just a bunch of like taxi cab air fresheners thrown in the back. <laughs> You're like, what the hell? <laughs> but it'd be like summer oh. breeze. Like it's not the horrible pie. Oh, like, hey. We're going to go with. Yeah. Look at you making that reference. Summer breeze <laughs> makes me feel. Sorry. That's they did. A, they, I remember owning the soundtrack as a kid because that yes. was the thing. I couldn't own any of the movies. So anytime a slasher movie came out, I bought the soundtrack because I was like, oh, this gets me closer to an R-rated movie. Maybe one day I'll see one. It'll be amazing. And by the way, that's why we will talk about Scream when we do it. That was my first R-rated movie. And I have tons of stories that go along with that. Personal. So as opposed to like most teenage boys who are like, I can't wait for porn. Ian's like, I gotta get my hands on some music so I can watch a horror, watch an R-rated movie. Oh, I was all about. I was all about. <laughs> it was all about watching all these things my parents would not let me watch, and I never tried to watch porn with them. So you know, I it's they could have been okay with that one. We grew you up know. in Europe, so I don't know. <laughs> things were okay. Things were not okay. It was yeah. like, oh, the neighbors do it. It's cool. Whatever. It's like how England is so strict with guns, like, but they don't care about the other stuff. It was just like, the opposite, you know. That's right. What, I mean, everyone knows about this fucking movie, right? I want to say anyone who's, you know, fairly also grew up in America. America, fuck yeah. Woo! Yeah. So let's just—I guess it takes place on July Fourth. All right? right. They're in a small fishing town. 
Classic summer horror movie. Yep, they have the beauty pageant thing that Sarah Michelle Gellar wins. And here's the thing also. You're not really supposed to like any of these characters, apparently, except for Jennifer Love Hewitt for some reason. She's not that likable. But Ryan Philippe is a dick. Yeah, yeah, but he's good at that. That's a, yes, he plays in no, all that is movies. true. He is very true. Yeah, it's he's a rich guy who, for some reason, even though he has no muscle whatsoever, is going to be a star quarterback. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, still looks good topless, though. That's not a bad scene. In that little gym? Is that what you're talking about? It's his locker scene or whatever, yeah. Yeah, that was a weird setup for a little gym, but I guess they have to get something at the docks? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They never say whether he made it in college to be a quarterback or not, though. No. Yeah, they never mention that whatsoever. So it's not like he's reliving his glory days when they come back, because the movie starts a year previous. Right. They flash forward a year. So at the beginning, Sarah Michelle Gellar wins the pageant of the whatever the fuck doc party place. I don't know. Cool. Whatever. I guess it's like a big deal. So she's dating Ryan Felipe. And then Jennifer Love Hewitt is dating Freddie Prince Jr. And then Max Galecki likes Jennifer Love Hewitt and is still trying to go after her even though she's dating Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, it came off with that particular. It came off a little bit like... Okay, so you know that she's with someone, but then he also throws in the line, but we've known each other forever. So it's like, okay, so are you a friend trying to say goodbye? Are you trying to get in your pants? Because it's you're kind of borderline where this could go either way, but you're still coming off more creepy than you need to. And this happens the exact same way in the second movie, too, where they just don't seem to care when someone's dating someone. They're right. like, I guess if there's no ring on the finger, you can just well, throw it's people. Well, high school, too. Well, well but not the next one. It's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah right. They go to, by the way, they go to Dawson's Beach, which is a, <laughs> a reference yes. to Dawson's Creek, obviously. And then they both split up and have sex. And they're talking about how their lives are going to be, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar is going to go to New York. Ryan Felipe is going to be a star quarterback for the Cowboys, I guess, for some reason. I don't know why. Cool. Then, yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. is going to become, is he going to be a writer or a... What is he They're making to reference to pretty much like sitting in Starbucks and like, it, I don't know, screen player. Like what, what is your well, But he's author? going to Boston, isn't he? Or was he? Oh, no. He's going to New York. She's going to Boston for law school. Right. So, yeah. And then they, they both each by themselves on the beach with all that sand have sex for like the first time, which had to be an awful experience. <laughs> I can't imagine that would be any good. Way to set yourself up for a letdown. Yeah, <laughs> Ow. Uh, no. I guess that's something where Freddie Prince Jr., when he's not very good that first time, could be like, ah, it was the beach. It's, you know, stuff. So, <laughs> Ryan Felipe has been drinking a lot, and they do the smart thing. They take away his keys. Freddie Prince Jr. has to drive. So, it's him and Jennifer Love Hewitt in the front, and in the back seat, it's Sarah Michelle Gellar and Ryan Felipe. So, Ryan is getting mad because he doesn't like other people driving his car. Rich, spoiled kid. You know how it is, driving a BMW. He gets up in the sunroof. He has a bottle of something. Was it bourbon? Whiskey? I don't know. Yeah, it's some sort. Yeah, I want to say it's some sort of whiskey. Yeah, he turns up the jams and he starts drinking. And as they're going around these windy roads, he drops the bottle in the lap of Freddie Prince Jr. So Freddie Prince Jr. hasn't been drinking, but he gets the stuff all over him. And he's like, ah, where's, you know, what, blah, blah, blah. What we didn't set up is at the beginning of the movie, there's this, I don't know, I guess you're supposed to say like innocent looking kid. You know, probably like early 20s or something. He's drinking very sullenly, sorrowfully on the pe- yeah. on the cliff. Like, you shouldn't be drinking where he was. Like, he's on the cliffside. 
Oh yeah, no, it's clearly setting up like this kid's it's debating whether he's going to kill himself. Like that's yeah. clearly what the what the thing is. And then he's got some sort of little flip coin that he keeps playing with. Yeah, he's got this flip coin where you don't really know what it's about, but obviously he probably lost someone. That's what it kind of seems like. So as they're driving, so you just see that. That's all they show. That's right. all they show. You don't see him again until coming up. So then as they're driving, you know, Freddie Prince Jr. has to take his eyes off the road because now he's got shit on him. And then Ryan yells, you know, stop, look out. Bam, hits someone, sprays all over the place. There's the guy dead, right? Right. That's what they think anyways. So now here's the moral conundrum. This guy, Freddie Prince Jr. checks his pulse, says he's dead. Let's just jump to later on. He's not dead. No. He's not dead. So good job, Freddie Prince. Out of the four of them who's already coming off as a moron, you should you should trust that guy. Right. I would have had Jennifer Love Hewitt do it, maybe. <laughs> she would have been the, the smartest person to do it. Or I mean, it's one of those, you can't tell if he's breathing or not. Like, that would be easier than trying to, especially if you have no training and checking someone's pulse. Like, really? You know, the car is all beaten up, all that kind of stuff. Jennifer Love Hewitt and Sarah Michelle Gellar say, let's call the cops. And now Ryan's like, fuck that. It's my car. I've been drinking, even though I wasn't driving, they're going to put it on me. And now we're even all going to Even though you have three other witnesses that you weren't driving, but okay. And, yeah, and that was the thing, too. Because this was more back in the day, I think it would have been easier for them to have called the cops, been like, hey, he wasn't driving, this is exactly what happened. And then also, they've already stated that Sarah Michelle Gellar and Ryan Felipe and Jennifer Love Hewitt are more on the wealthy side. Yes. Freddie Prince Jr. is the only, he's the fisherman's son. But other than that, they could easily pay for all this stuff to go away. Oh, yeah. Like, no doubt about it. And on it. top of Felipe being able to pay for this stuff to go away. Like, really? Yeah. I don't think anyone, I mean, I guess there's a possibility that Ryan's parents could try and blame Freddie Prince Jr. for it. It's like, oh, he was the poor kid and that's his fault. But in general, though, it could have easily been explained away. They wouldn't have to deal with any of this, probably. So then Freddie Prince is like, yeah, let's, you know. Let's go along with what Ryan was saying. And then Sarah Michelle Geller, who was so adamant, don't worry, we'll tell them the right thing. The police will be fine. She just turns on a, on a dime. She's just, like, and fuck it. Yeah. Fine, we'll do it this way. She's just like, hey, Jennifer, like, we just got to do it. And obviously, we're not using I don't care what their real names their are. Their names are, yeah. Name. Jennifer Love Hewitt's the one who's like, no, we, we can't do this. But they still do it anyways. What they find out anyways is that a car is coming. And it turns out to be Max. They pretend like Ryan is kind of like they hit a deer or is drunk driving. He's just like, oh, don't, don't drink and drive. And then he's like throwing up on the side over the body pretending. So, right, right. yeah, Max drives by very like creepily like he might know something. Right. But not really, though. Because no. you would probably say, like, hey, isn't that a dead body over there? Like, who'd you hit on the road? And he's in a truck, so he could easily probably actually see over the barrier and see if there's a body there, but they don't even play that route. Right. So there's the, the seed is planted that this is a possibility for later. Finally decide. They carry the body down to the dock. And on the dock, they're going to throw him in, and their whole plan is the, the tide will take him out, and it'll be weeks before he's found, blah, blah, blah. See, what I don't understand, you've already got him over the guardrail, and supposedly you're going around on, like, bendy cliffs. Why not just roll him down the guardrail? Worried that it, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Because, yeah, right? then you can look like he, he is not dead, he's yeah. still going to wake up and be, either he's going to die of his injuries, or he's going to wake up and be like, oh, well, I was crossing the street in the middle of the night, and I clearly got hit by someone, but there's no proof of anything. Right. They think he's dead. Right. So why not toss him off the cliff? Because then he would certainly die upon impact right anyways. There. Yeah, I mean, or it would look like maybe he died on impact, like he was a suicide or something. If anybody found him. Right. That is not what they decide to do. Yes. 
let's drag the docks into this shit right now. Yeah, that's let's <laughs> drive him to somewhere. <laughs> right. Let's drive him to a dock, get to the end of the dock, then have second thoughts. You know, Jennifer Love Hewitt once again is like, we don't have to do this. So Sarah Michelle Gellar and Ryan are going to throw him in the water, but he grad he wakes up. So now they could be like, oh, wait, we can help this person. Instead, they go crazy. They start screaming. He takes the crown from Sarah, falls, you know, gets pushed into the water. Then Ryan goes, fuck, and has to jump, <laughs> jump in, goes down. Once again, this guy's barely breathing, takes the crown away, and then leaves him in the water much longer that there's no way he would be able to come back. Right. He's been underwater for way too long. No matter if you're a fisherman or not, it doesn't matter. You can't hold your breath that long. And the point, and it's like, even if you guys still wanted to cover it up, if you, if he woke up, you'd be like, oh my God, we found you on the side of the road. And we're actually on the, you know, you could make up some freaking story that he would have no idea that you were the ones that hit him. Yes. There's plenty of things you could do that didn't involve trying to murder a person to get right. away with it. And now you guys are in so much more trouble because you've removed a body from a scene or you're transporting someone. It's kidnapping because he's still alive and you're still trying to kill him. Yep. Good job. Pretty much. Felipe gets the crown back. And they go, and now basically the descent is completely on because Ryan has lost his mind and he's making everyone, you know, packed. We'll never talk about this ever again. And throws Jennifer up against the car and starts choking her, basically. And that's where Freddie Prince Jr. is such a great boyfriend because he just lets this stuff happen. Well, that and for the the one who's been freaking out the whole time when he grabs her like that, she's oddly calm when she actually yeah. does say, "We'll take it to the grave." Like really? Yeah, take it Why to the grave. Why are you freaking yeah. out, crying, and hitting him? Like that's that's the line you've kind of set up there, and then suddenly you're just like, "Ice queen, I'm fine." Like really? Well, I'll say her best acting in both films is, and I don't even know necessarily if it's completely acting, when Freddie Prince Jr. comes over to her after that, like when they're getting in the car, and he goes like, "It's going to be okay," and she gives him the most disgusted look I can imagine anyone giving anyone ever. <laughs> Just that, I can't believe I let you fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking pussy. <laughs> and you're my first regret. Yay. Yay. And this is her second. Yeah. <laughs> she's, Woo! she's had her first and second regret in one night. Well, you know, start off big. <laughs> go big or go home. That's what they say. It's absolutely. Set the bar high, ladies. All right. So now we skip ahead a year. Jennifer Love Hewitt looks like a sullen ghost, basically. Yeah. She looks like she's been doing heroin in her... Uh, college dorm room because she just looks like shit yeah <laughs> she comes home we don't even there's so many we're not even going to go completely through all this stuff yeah. but she comes back she gets a note saying i know what you did last summer she goes now to track down all of her friends and see what the deal is because no one's friends anymore sarah michelle geller and ryan felipe broke up no one knows where freddie prince jr is apparently he's working on the docks now sarah michelle yep. geller failed in new york so now she works for her dad and her sister's Macy's Retail store or something? Yeah. Business? Yeah, in a small, small town. town. Yeah. That still has a fragrance counter? Right. As opposed to just like. That's why I was like cosmetics. Macy's or something. Like, I don't, You're right. I don't what it's doing. Macy's but, the size of CDS. Yeah. And then Ryan Felipe, they don't even talk about what no. happened to him. Like, there's. He's just there. And it's summer. So if you were on a regular college schedule, you would probably go back home. For the summer, so it's not like he flunked out or didn't make it as quarterback. Yeah, or... They just make no reference, period. No, no one gives a shit, I guess. No. But Jennifer Love Hewitt is the one who's like, I hate all you, basically. She's like, <laughs> I don't want any piece of you, but now we have to figure out what's going on. Like, who knew? So then Max is really the only person that they can think of. So with Max, they go ahead and Ryan, like, 
quote unquote scares him. Threatens him. Threatens him, yeah. And has no <laughs> idea no. why. And the right. guy's like, seriously, dude, you just I haven't seen you in a year and you just pretty much show up at my work and total douchebag yeah. for no reason and want like you're coming up like a psycho because I don't know you. And then Max eats it, as we were talking about before. He gets the hook through the chin, which is the only good kill that they yeah. can possibly do with that. The only anyways. appropriate kill, right. Oh, fuck. So let's also mention this, too. So when they were putting the guy into the water, Jennifer Love Hewitt saw that he had a tattoo that said Susie. Now, I don't even remember the name of the guy who they look up because at one point, Jennifer Love Hewitt wants to know what is his name. And they're like, why the fuck do we care? Right, because you want to be tortured by that. Right, and she did obviously torture herself because three weeks later she checked the papers and there was a guy who was washed up and she believes that's the person. Right. And I don't remember what the name is because I don't really care. David something, yeah. Yeah, it's David something. So they decide, well, we have to find out who this person is. If it's not Max, then we have to find out. So they go and they visit. It's her and Sarah go and visit his sister. This was so weird. Like, I still don't know what they were going for with this whole thing, but it's Anne Heche. Yeah, which, I'm sorry, that whole scene, she comes off very deliverance. Like, yeah. It's a- yeah, they were going for something to be very creepy, but really she was just lonely and had her brother and pretty much everyone taken away from her. Right. So we don't even need to talk about this scene because it didn't make any sense. But one thing she did mention was there was a guy, like they were asking about friends of his, and there was a guy who came and talked to her like after his death, like a while after his death. And his name was Billy Blue. Yes. And they got sweet on each other. But she said that it seemed like it almost hurt him to be around her. And they kind of broke things off. Interesting. So does that mean they had sex? Like were they they together? Yeah, well, that's just it though. So because I remind you so much of my brother you we can't be together so are you is this some screwed up bromance thing that well it turns out i mean we're not going in chronological order here right but it turns out to be freddie prince jr he was racked with guilt he was racked with guilt so he went to visit her and then that's my question is did they end up hooking up and then it became too much for him where he was like i killed your brother and now i'm having sex with the sister like that's That's fucked up that's a that's a fun twisted little eh you think that's what Freddie Prince gets <laughs> gets off on? But Allegedly. it's also on this thing. But they've set him up that he's so dumb that, like, would that actually bother him, though? Or are you well, one of those, like... He gets smarter in the second movie, technically, <laughs> if you want to count that. Right. So there's a slow progression upwards. Awesome. I probably shouldn't sleep with my victim's sisters. <laughs> Shit happens. And you get lonely right. in this small little quaint fishing village, apparently. Right. And didn't seem to find out anything about... The girl's death because Jennifer Love Hewitt finds out that this guy who died, who, you know, who washed up on shore and everything, that his soon to be wife or just recent wife or whatever died in a car accident. But he survived. So around the same around the same time. Yeah. Did he not talk to her about that and find out that maybe there's more going on to this? Right. This is what I'm saying. No, he's a fucking idiot. Dumb to not to, to try to make that connection. Wouldn't sleeping with some like would that really even morally bother you because you're just not aware of it? And basically, I guess what's happening is the Gordon's fisherman is just fucking with everybody because that's yeah. like his most fun thing to do. Because he goes ahead and he he tries to run over no doesn't want to kill Ryan. No. So he just hurts him a little bit with a car with his own car actually by the way the the BMW. 
But I thought that scene was funny as well because as he's driving, there are plenty of places where Ryan can just go to the right or the left and be completely fine. But instead, he zigzags on the main road. <laughs> All he had to do was go. There are plenty of houses and stuff right there. Just go over where the car can't go. There are plenty right. of places you can go. <laughs> and they redo it, by the way, in the second movie, too. Yeah, but they're known for that. I mean, most of these kind of horror movies is like, you know, you don't go into the basement. Let's go into the place that has no electricity or go into the garage with all the chainsaws. Or like, really, guys, how about you just leave the property? Well, during Sarah Michelle Gellar's death, she goes upstairs in the right. slowest possible way, like a dumbwaiter. And then the killer's just waiting for her because all he had to do was go up a flight of stairs and then right. there, that's just right there. So he fucks with everyone. He, before the main parade where Sarah has to go again, he hacks her hair. But by the way, only hacks her hair slightly so that it only looks like he cut off maybe like three inches of it and made it kind of yeah. perfect. So it's, right. it's okay. It's it's above the shoulder now. Yeah. He doesn't like, he, he doesn't go Mad Max with like, shave half of her head kind of a deal yeah why wouldn't he do that right yeah no he waits in her closet and then does that while she's sleeping and then you know obviously like hurts ryan's arm by the way he should have knocked out freddie prince jr with a punch he gives him later on with the hurt arm right but freddie prince jr just gets up has no marks whatsoever it looked like he wound up for 50 meters before he hit him in the face (laughs) And yet everyone's okay. He didn't break his hand. Um, Freddie Bridge Jr. is okay. Awesome. But the reason why he does that is because as Jennifer Love Hewitt's on the way to his house, to Ryan's house, she hears these click clackings in her trunk, which is what we talked about before. She opens it up. It's dead Max with all of these crabs around. She leaves the car there, by the way, runs to Ryan's house, gets Sarah Michelle Gellar and Ryan. They come back. It's spotless clean. And then that's where one of the famous scenes happens is where she's like, he's fucking with us. He's playing with us. And then she gets in the middle of the road and is like, what are you waiting for? Uh, Yeah. Kelly, I want to hear you do that one. Can you do that? Oh, dear God. Uh, Not convincingly currently. Well, she didn't do it convincingly either. Yeah, I mean, convincingly do it like she did. (laughs) I cannot mock you because it's that bad. Like, I don't think I can lower myself to that level. Oh, so I had to? Yeah, well... I, I like yours more. What okay. are you waiting for? Oh, oh thank you. Yes, thank you. thank you. Apparently, I also read that that was not in the script, that they had a fan want a chance to come in and write a scene. Like a horror movie fan got to go on set and was like, it'd be cool if right there she said, what are you waiting for with her hands outstretched? <laughs> I'm not kidding. No. No, no, no. No. Why didn't he say all the other things that were wrong with the, with the movie? Right. So then they go after Freddie Prince Jr. because now everyone's been fucked with. And they're like, oh, well, he's the only one who knows and we can't even find him. Now he's a fisherman. He didn't even go to New York and do all whatever. Yeah. What the hell happened? Yeah. So now they go to him and he's like, no, no, I'm getting fucked with too. I got a letter. And it's <laughs> like, well, fuck you. I got run over. <laughs> Sarah got her hair fucked up, and Jennifer has a dead body in her trunk. Right. So you got you, you got a letter. Right. You got, cool fortune. You got a bad fortune cookie. That sucks, dude. I yeah. hate that. So now they decide that they're still not going to the police. Now Freddie Prince Jr. is the one who wants to go to the police, though. So he wants to go. Now Jennifer Love Hewitt's like, well, fuck this. I just want my life back now. But it's like, dude, you weren't having a good time with your life anyways. 
Right. So now all of a sudden you're over your guilt because now you're getting your comeuppance? Is yeah, that right. how it works? Like, didn't well, you yeah. want, weren't you torturing yourself to be punished? Well, now you're being punished. Right. But oh, get, yeah, but now it's not on my terms, so yeah. that's not cool. I guess he was too much of a dick the way he was doing it. That's <laughs> like, well, fuck you. Because <laughs> that's the thing. Why would you like any of these characters? No. Knowing what they did, you shouldn't like any of them. No. So you should be happy when anyone dies. Yeah, I mean, I want to say there's always, because there's always, what, the, the virgin in the horror movies that somehow miraculously makes it or whatever. And, and none of them like, are virgins, by the way. So by right, the so rules, so she, exactly. they can be I shouldn't care about any of you. So really, it's more of a me just watching people get tortured. Like, it's that kind of a, this is fun for me because I don't like any of you. But the guy's not even doing it in a cool way. No! <laughs> and his weapon of choice is stupid. Yeah, it really is. Really, the only way it works is, like I said, that uppercut into the chin. That's all right. you get. Otherwise, there shouldn't be any slashing things. So their whole plan is they're going to do the parade where she now is the outgoing queen of whatever the fuck. Right. She Raining, needs, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah, blah. Ryan's on the float with her, and the other two are going... Where were they going? I, I don't even remember. They were going to look for something. I know they went and visited Anne Heche again. Right. But not with Freddie Prince, though. It was just no. her by herself. So I don't know this, what... Is that when she was looking up the records during the parade? Were they both looking up records at that time? It's possible. But anyways, yes. I, who gives a shit? Freddie, I right. don't even know what Freddie Prince Jr. is doing at this point, which is probably <laughs> what we were supposed to think because right. possibly he's, he's a, a killer. It's, yeah. it's the Clark Kent thing. Like, weird, when Superman's around, I never see you. <laughs> Glasses. Yes. So Throws everyone off. While this is happening, Jennifer Love Hewitt goes out and visits Anne Heche again. And this time she just comes out and she's like, I'm really sorry. And they do a creepy thing again where like Anne Heche has a knife and she's like gutting a deer or something. Right. So she goes, I'm sorry. I was the one who ran over your brother and then we covered it up. And now someone's trying to get back at us. And she's like, no, no, no. My brother, my brother didn't die from that. He died of suicide. She goes in this whole thing. She's like, I had to hide it from the insurance company so that I would get money. And it's like, you're telling a complete stranger this. That right. could easily, like, Jennifer Love Hewitt should have pulled out, like, a badge and been like, I'm Geico. <laughs> yeah, right. Pretty, well, that's just it, though. But it was both weird because why did you randomly confess to killing this person's family member? And then she's like, oh, okay, so you told me a secret. I'll tell, I'll you, tell you a too. secret. Yeah, don't worry cool. about what you just said. We're besties now. It's yeah, totally awesome. That's absolutely not true, so it's fine. So, yeah, she goes in. She gets a note, by the way, that we don't get to read. So we don't know what it says. But she says, no, here's the suicide note. Jennifer Love Hewitt says, no, this isn't a suicide note. This is a threat. So what was the threat for? So I, I know what it is now, but they don't explain it correctly throughout the movie. Right. They don't mention it. The threat, uh, we'll go back to it. But she's like, Anne Hayes is like, no, no, this is a suicide note. Get out of here. Like, I don't want to hear about this anymore. So generally it leaves. You never see Anne Hayes again. No. You never see anything about this whole backstory whatsoever. <laughs> they, they do, the, oh they do the queen whatever the fuck thing. And... Ryan Felipe is watching from the upper balcony the same way they did at the beginning of the movie. And while the contestants are doing their special things or whatever, the killer, Talent. obviously, yeah. I don't know why Ryan's so fucking stupid. Like, once again, this guy in a Gordon's fisherman suit with these huge heavy boots, it must be the quietest person ever. That, and I'm sorry, if you're playing the fisherman role... And you keep covering, like, how do you not smell, like, yeah, you gotta I'm smell assuming there's some sort too. of smell, like, you gotta smell like the ocean, like, you, really? Do you know how else you smell really bad? From killing people. 
right. and having their blood on you, even if it's on your fucking slicker, you still, you still get exactly. blood all over you. Yeah. So he somehow sneaks up on Ryan and just kills him. And while this is happening, Sarah Michelle Geller is downstairs screaming, look up, everyone, look up, and no one will look up. Right. No one looks up. So then she gets a cop. He goes up there. They can't find him. So he takes her to the police station. Somehow the Gordon's fisherman guy is on a stalled car, kills the police officer. And then there's this chase between him and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar gets back to her store where her sister is working. And now, like we talked about, there's no reason for the animosity between them because they're both very good looking. So I'm assuming that that girl was the queen of whatever the fuck before. Like, right. there's no difference there's between a, yeah, them. Yeah, the animosity they set up is stupid because it's not like you're the ugly little sister or the ugly older sister. Or, you know, like, yeah. like even the stepsister where it's like, we didn't even really want you. Like, there's, they give you nothing. They just hate each other. Because apparently blonde sisters just can't get just along. Just can't get along. Nope. No. So the killer kills her and then kills Sarah Michelle Geller. And all of this, the reason why we even go through this quickly is because there's nothing to it. It's just, hey, you knew these people were going to die. They're girls running away from a killer, and obviously they're going to be killed. So there right. you go. They're dead. The one thing that I feel like, especially with this whole small town thing and the, the raincoat that you keep seeing falling everybody around, it keeps reminding me of Hot Fuzz and how the whole town's <laughs> probably in on it. Sure. And they're all just, that's the only reason of how you could suddenly be over here and then suddenly be over right. here and then no one look up on the balcony and then no one like. Yeah, because you would think at some point one of them would be like, hey guys, what's going on? Like, we're a small yeah. town and everyone's dying. Like, yeah. maybe someone would talk about it. Or it, and if there's no bodies, everybody's disappearing. Like, right. Yeah, hey, didn't you used to be, like, the quarterback? Oh, no, right. you're dead now? Oh, okay. Yeah, yes, it, it happens. It's yeah. cool. It's a summer thing. It's uh, every year. We just deal with it. <laughs> every July 4th. It's like Jaws. Yeah. We're keeping these beaches open. <laughs> <laughs> Highest gro- grossing weekend. Yeah. It's the 4th of July. Yeah. <laughs> I could quote that whole fucking thing. Oh, awesome. Uh, so, yeah. So, now we're down two. Jennifer Love Hewitt now shows up after figuring some of this stuff out, I guess. She shows up to Freddie Prince Jr.'s boat and sees he tries to get her on the boat so they can talk. But she sees that the name of the boat is Billy Blue. Right. So, she thinks, oh, no, you're the killer. So, she runs away. Then this guy without a slicker clotheslines Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> tells her to get on his boat. She does. It turns out that he is the guy who's normally in the fisherman costume. The slicker. Right. And I'm honestly not sure. Does he actually give away everything? Because I don't think he does still. No, I don't think he monologues. No. He just, he mentions that he killed. Let's just go through it. <laughs> without even all this bullshit. <laughs> so they hit him. That is right. true. But he yes. was coming back from throwing the guy off the cliff that we talked about, the guy with the with the beer uh, who was drinking, right. who looked like he was going to commit suicide. So it looked like he was already going to commit suicide, but this right. guy killed him. So it turns right. out that he, the guy who's the Gordon fisherman, right. his daughter was Susie. Oh, this is what we forgot. It, it still doesn't tell you everything. No. But Jennifer Love Hewitt says, but I saw him, his arm had a tattoo with Susie written on it. And Anne Hayes says he didn't have a tattoo. So this is how she kind of, so she's like, oh, then this is not the guy we hit. Right. That's what she's thinking. So the guy she looked up had been killed. That's the guy we see who was drinking before. The guy now who, who is named Ben Willis. 
Right. Ben Willis is the father of Susie or Susie. Susan. Right. So he was getting revenge for his daughter, even though that guy didn't kill her on purpose or anything. Yeah, it was a car accident. I mean, but I mean, they could have alluded to drunk driving or anything like that, which they don't. Though but he yeah, was so pretty much he's yeah. going and he just threw his son-in-law off a cliff and was walking back right. and got hit by a car. So he was getting his karma. I guess right. I mean, oh, technically, yeah. Nice. Yeah, he was getting his his little karma, but um. But so you, I don't even think they really even monologue about that that much. It's just you're supposed to piece all this together. All this together. So now, just because he's a dick, he doesn't go. Oh, maybe that was a sign that I probably shouldn't have killed someone. That I got hit by a car. Let me repent for the things I've done. He goes, right. oh, I'm just going to fuck with these kids a year later and yeah, then I'm kill them all. Yeah, I'm going to torture the teenagers. Yeah. yeah, and just take out a bunch of people for sure. fun. Sure, why not? Yeah, and a bunch of people that certainly did not deserve it. No. <laughs> certainly did not. So he's now it's chasing around. the worst around. weapon ever. Yeah, chasing around with the hook. And Freddie Prince Jr. does his action movie scene where he jumps on a boat, a speeding boat, and then jumps on that boat, and then they fight, and blah, blah, blah. You go round and round. It's so dumb. <laughs> and then, really, it looks like they just got yeah. really lucky because he gets caught up in the ropes when he's about to swing and kill Jennifer Love Hewitt. Freddie Prince Jr. goes ahead. Yeah, gets beaten up by what? He's like a 50-year-old man or something. That's also the thing. He's not 30 years old. He's no. like 50 or 60. Grizzled old fisherman, and Freddie Prince Jr. can't beat the shit out of him. So somehow the ropes tie, and Freddie Prince Jr. hits on I know nothing about boats. So... <laughs> <laughs> something and it pulls the thing up the rope thing okay and so he gets caught in the rigging oh okay and he gets thrown <laughs> thank, up thank you why did you even let me go through this is fun for me oh okay he's <laughs> caught up in the rigging and he gets pulled up and what it ends up doing is the way that it's wrapped around it ends up severing his hand which happens to be holding the hook Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> thrown back down to the dock uh back down onto the boat and then is that's the impact that kills him right well he gets thrown from the boat that's it. Okay, he just gets yeah. thrown from the boat. So then they, they go back to shore. The police come up to them. It's like, any reason why this man would want to kill you? And they just look at each other and give each other like a knowing look and then go, nope. <laughs> so they don't even learn their lesson. We technically hit him with his car, but, but I it mean, turns it's out he was karma. Yeah. He it turns out he was. Anyway. Yeah, he killed these other people and then he killed our friends. And, you know, it no. all evens out. Yeah. So that's why they go, nope, nope. <laughs> and they only have the hand with the hook. And they say, did they find his body? And the police officer's like, no, but these things have a way of turning up. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, yeah. So that is the final <laughs> scene at the whatever. So then the next scene is apparently Jennifer Love Hewitt at college. And she's got a towel. And this is where you get to see the cleavage. Finally. Oh, all over the place is cleavage. <laughs> and she's walking around on the phone with Freddie Prince Jr. talking about how much she loves him. And they're going to be able to have so much sex when he sees her next. She goes in the shower. She comes out because a girl says there's a note for her. Hangs up the phone, gets a note. I guess everyone writes the same in Sharpie is what we're supposed to understand. So she gets all freaked out like this is, again, another note. Looks inside. It's just an invitation to a party. Right. Goes back into the shower. And there on the fucking glass is the most perfectly written, I still know what you did last summer. Summer, yeah. And it's the most perfect, no streaks, no nothing. It's just amazing. And then she gets freaked out, and then all of a sudden, the killer jumps through the mirror at her. And that's how the movie ends. And, and, which is impressive, because even ghosts leave streaks in most horror movies when they write cryptic things. That's so what I'm saying. Intriguing. I think that was the best part of the movie, was how did he do that? It's amazing. <laughs> so that's the end of this fucking movie. 
Oh, good times. Yeah, I just liked how we had to piece everything together ourselves because they didn't come out and say what the and whole even then, was. you're like, there's a lot of holes here, and you guys really didn't... There are tons okay. of holes because he's a psychopath. The, the killer, Ben Wilson, is a psychopath because, sure, who doesn't want revenge for their child being killed? But then you would not go on this murderous rampage for the rest of the time. Then you're like, fuck it, I'll just kill everybody. Yeah. Like, the fuck it button's been pushed, and you're like, at this point, nobody gets clearance. I, we don't need any of you. I'll just take you all out. Well, look, if you think the fuck it button had been pushed for that movie... Then we go on to I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. And that's where that button is really slammed down. <sighs> so, Kelly, I have a question in regards to I Still Know What You Did Last Summer for you, okay? My question is... I think I left that longer than I Yo, I was going wow. to. I was jamming out. So, by the way, that is the scariest part of any of these movies, is that Jennifer Love Hewitt has or had a musical career. And until I was doing my research, I completely forgot about that track. Oh, yeah. The funny part about that, too, is... So, that is on the soundtrack for the second movie, for I Still Know What We Did Last Summer. Mm-hmm. And it just has her jumping around in some warehouse with clips of the movie playing. And it has nothing to do with the movie whatsoever. Like, that is like a country pop song. And this is a slasher movie. <laughs> that takes place in the tropics. In the tropics during off-season, yes, apparently. Yeah. Hurricane season. Ooh, scarier. I think that's probably the first thing we should bring up before we go into this really quick. Because we're not going all the way through this movie. No. Oh, so we mentioned that it's, what, 36% on Rotten Tomatoes for the first one? Yes. So this movie comes out in 1998. So a year later, there was no time to catch your breath. There was no time to write a script, apparently. No anticipation. We're just going to be like, eh, we'll tack it on at the end of the season for this. And by the way, Kevin Williamson did not write this one. He was too busy. Yeah, he was too busy writing the thousands of other movies that he's written. So he did not have time for this one. But I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that we went from 36% on Rotten Tomatoes to, I believe... 7% Seven percent yes, on Rotten Tomatoes, a blistering seven. Which I believe, and we can let the haters out there check some things. But I think this is our lowest-rated movie we have ever done for a movie that was widely released. Because Cell, yes. Cell has like a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes because it's it's an awful, atrocious movie. But it right. also didn't get released to theaters. Yeah, yeah. This wasn't. Yeah, exactly. This wasn't a national release, so this wasn't. I, I don't even remember. Yeah, there, there's no publicity really other than people who kind of knew about it. This one I remember seeing trailers for. Like, I remember oh, no. going to movies and being like, shit, really? They're doing another one of these? Yeah, there was a budget for this one. Because people oh, yeah. were like, well, why are they doing this again? How does this make any sense to continue? Right. But they did. But that's kind of like, that's how I feel about the, what is it, the, um, where death hunts them down. Oh, Final Destination? That's it. This is the one thing I'll say, first of all, I love... Mary Elizabeth, so I'll watch anything with her in it. So that's first thing. But the thing about... Oh, and um, shit, that... Oh, crap, that awesome hot girl is also in that movie, too. Uh, oh, Amanda Crew. Amanda yeah. Crew is also in the third one. The Final Destinations, if they come on Netflix, I'll give it a watch. Because at least they're unique with the killings. 
every right. killing is better than you know like people talk about saw having all those weird the killings in final destination are better because it's like the game mousetrap oh absolutely it's like you move one thing and then all of a sudden you're like how is that possibly going to kill people and you're like oh shit yeah five moves oh, yeah. later yes <laughs> now okay. this this movie pretty much negates a lot of the things that happened in the first one because let's also remember they don't really care about their friends that were killed so that's one thing for sure right then they ended with that scene. Obviously, they ended with the scene of him jumping out of the mirror. Now, right. they can easily explain this away. And I believe what they did try and explain away with is that she has nightmares about this stuff. That it hasn't left her. Right. So, so they open, Well, they open the movie with another nightmare sequence. And that's what's so fucking stupid is why... <laughs> Why leave it there? Why not start with something else and explain that that was a dream sequence later? Like You do open something. up with her talking to her therapist about yeah. how she's still tortured by these things. And Even if blah, that's blah, cliche, blah. yeah. Instead, she's talking to a priest about it, and it turns out to be Ben Wilson. And then she wakes up and screams in a classroom. And then you see this guy who you don't know, and he runs after her when she leaves the class. And then they start talking. You're supposed to be like, oh, he likes her, but she doesn't like him. Right. So you're like, okay, well, then maybe her and Freddie Prince Jr. are still together. The next scene is him showing up and her blowing him off. Right. Like, he traveled all the way because if, she's, if you're supposed to believe she's in Boston now, in college, then he drove from wherever the fishing town is. Because I don't know if it's in Massachusetts. I don't know if it's in Maine. I don't know yeah, where the fucking thing is. I assume it's some sort of New England, but still, it's not... We're not in the same town. I still yeah. made effort to come see you. Right. He's like, okay, let's go. And she, and apparently they just never talked about this, but she's like, I don't want to go back to that town again. And he's like, why not? I, I work there and the killer is gone. <laughs> she's just like, I don't want to go back. He's like, okay, well, instead of him just staying with her and having sex at their dorm or at their apartment or whatever, he just gets all hurt about it and he leaves. And they don't break up, but he's like, maybe you just need some time away from me. <laughs> But you got to think that just proves that the fact that him sleeping with the sister in the first movie, he's just an idiot. Because, like, those things don't, you know, collect correctly where, no, a lot of people would be kind of freaked out if you went through something like that and would never want to go back to that place. Yeah, he's still working as a fisherman there. No one asks him every single day. Like, how was it like when you had to kill that serial killer? Like, was that cool? Like, no one's asking him those questions. (laughs) Well, that and dating him, he's still going to smell like the docks. And it's kind of like, uh, you're going to bring on my PTSD. That's anyway. actually not a bad point. I like that one. That's actually pretty good. So, yeah, she just doesn't want to go back there. So he's all heard about it. So he leaves now. And by the way, she's looking much better in this movie. Thank God. Yeah. than she did in the past one. So that's that's one thing. And it's only a year later, too. Let's say she's filled out a little bit more, too. <laughs> that's, you know, and we forgot to mention to her. I forgot to mention, you know, we talked about how Sarah Michelle Gellar, that was like one of her first roles. She was in Buffy, but that was like her first movie. Jennifer Love Hewitt has been acting for a while because she was in Party of Five starting in 94. So she oh, was yeah, three yeah. years in. And I didn't think she was a bad actress in Party of Five. But that was very melodramatic, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's where yeah, I met Nev Campbell for the first soap time. Opera. With three of the hottest girls on the show to come out of a show ever. You had Nev Campbell, Jennifer Love Hewitt, and Lacey Chabert. God, Lacey. She's in some movie on Netflix right now where she has to find God in order to find a man or something. Yeah. I don't know how it works, but maybe we should watch that movie. That has Hallmark Channel written all over it. Or, you know, like it's on Netflix. I don't know. 
interesting. She was in not another teen movie as the girl who always walked slow motion. It's pretty damn good. That's been on oh, HBO. Not like teen movie. It's been on HBO like constantly too. It's such a great movie. It's the one good satire movie besides going back to like Naked Gun and Airplane and stuff oh, like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. but like our generation satire movie. That's yeah. what not not another teen movie blows everything. There's no other good movie like that. No. We are Spartans and scary movie and all that shit. None of that stuff works the way not another teen movie works. See, I, I'm not as I don't hate as much as I do with the the initial uh, not uh, scary movies, but obviously they got stupid really fast. But I do like how they were able to touch on all the main like faux pas of those genres, which was uh, kind of funny. I hated scary movie too so much I couldn't stand it. <laughs> Any particular reason? It was just so fucking stupid, and <laughs> yeah, I don't like when stupid. I don't like when David Cross isn't used properly. And that's true. Yeah, I'll give you that. Like he was even used properly in like Pitch Perfect too. <laughs> anyway, so, you, so are you saying the the amazing like cameo scene from like Men in Black? He wasn't used properly. I do not remember that. Like he kills the bugs and he gets killed by the guy from Law and Order. Oh, that's right. No, you're yeah. right. He was the exterminator, right? Yeah. yeah okay. All right. All right, back to this. Tangents, yes. tangents again. Also starring in this movie is none other than Brandy. Damn it, I knew that was her. <laughs> I didn't want to be like, hmm. And I, I will think say, that's her? I will say, I completely forgot how good looking Brandy was. Yeah. Completely forgot. But this is like her prime. So if oh, you yeah. want to at least go back and see some of that, I mean, completely fine. But somehow, they're, they're roommates. And she somehow, even though Jennifer Love Hewitt is having all of these crazy nightmares and she just pretty much like had this fight with Freddie Prince Jr., Brandy somehow gets her to come out to the bar she's working at. And it's not a bar. It's a fucking club with weird rock music mixed in with EDM with flashing lights. If you're going to go through PTSD, I'm assuming it's probably going to happen when there are a bunch of strobe lights around you and loud <laughs> music. Trigger. Yeah, and you could easily be stabbed by anyone as you walk by. Like they you can't never... actually see what's going on. Yeah, that's happened. I think that happened in a different horror movie before. Oh, they tried to do it in Scream 2 actually really well. They did it, but we'll talk about that you know, another show. It just seems so weird that she got talked into that. And then that guy, Will, who I mentioned before, who has a thing for, he shows up because Brandy's trying to set him up with Jennifer Love Hewitt. And it's like, hey, Brandy, back off. Freddie Prince Jr. is hitting that already. I was going to say, as a throwback to the original, apparently that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, Brandy is constantly trying to get Will and Jennifer Love Hewitt together. But she is dating someone and has been dating someone for a while. But yet, she's kind of letting it happen, though, too. But with Brandy's character, I think it's also kind of funny where that exact same personality would be like, well, you know, he cheated on her. Like, you know, like that's the type of girl she is. But yet you're promoting this with her. Do you think Mackay Pfeiffer would be really happy if Jennifer Love Hewitt just all of a sudden got some other guy for <laughs> for Brandy? No. Right. No. And that's, by the way, Mackay Pfeiffer is dating Brandy in this movie. Right. And he's a dickbag, too. Oh, yeah. Like, he is just as bad as Ryan Felipe was. Well, you got to replace that character because you're looking for these particular the exact same, attitudes. The exact for this same movie. thing over and over again. What ends up happening is she sees the Gordon Fisherman again. Now, who knows if it's true or if she's hallucinating or not. Whatever it happens to be, she does leave. Right. And when she wakes up in the morning with Brandy, 
they get a call from a radio station. Now, by the way, that never fucking happens. No. Especially if you haven't left your number with the radio station. They don't call you and give away things. But so that's you're saying what they don't flip through the phone book, which is what they still had back then. It Ooh, was that's like true. we're calling Ann Anderson today and seeing what he's up to. Yeah, and that's what they do. They call Brandy and they're like, Is this so and so? I don't remember what her character's name was. Right. And she's like, Yes, and she gets freaked out. It's so funny to see people get freaked out about radio stations again. Because now no one gives a shit. But they're like, oh, my God, I love Mike in the morning or whatever the fuck it was. Like, I can't believe it. And they have to answer a trivia question. And it's what is the capital of Brazil? So Jennifer Love Hewitt takes out a thing of coffee and says it's Rio de Janeiro. And that's what Brandy says. Now, that is not the capital of Brazil. No. No. Which right there tells everyone in the audience who's not a fucking idiot that this is a setup. Right. But I'll tell, it's just one of those, so you just, let's see, what's a city I can think of in Brazil? Everybody knows Rio de Janeiro, like, because you can't just pick, like, a random... And this was back when they couldn't look on their phones. Right. Because <laughs> it was a landline that they got called Hold on. Hold on, I have a globe. Like, really? Like, come on. Hey, don't worry, they have a globe at the fucking resort, so <laughs> we'll get to that. So that's the whole fucking setup, is that now they're going to go to the Bahamas. They don't do any research, they don't know that it's off-season or whatever. It's some, it's like Tower Bay somewhere in the Bahamas or something. Right. I don't I don't honestly I don't know enough about the Bahamas cuz I haven't been, but I do know that the capital of Brazil is not Rio. No. So, they get four tickets. So, obviously Jennifer Love Hewitt is like I want Freddie Prince Jr to go. So she calls him and Freddie's like, "Oh, so you can go away with your friends, but you can't go away with me." I was like, "Dude, it's yeah, the fucking Bahamas and she that, didn't want to come to your fucking small ass town of away. fish. Going back yeah. to your house where is not people, going away. Where people got murdered. Right. <laughs> where, like many, many Which people. Which we both witnessed. Yeah. That you're so cool with. Really? His friend is there being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And Freddie Pichu is like, well, I'll show you what the fuck is wrong with me. And he pulls out a ring. And it's like, oh, that is what saves relationships. I forgot. Like, it's either right. you knock them up. Yeah, you get married and you knock them up to keep everything going well because that's right. what heals relationships. Totally. It just, I mean, there's some legal, uh, you know, implications with that. But, I mean, that always works too. Yeah. You know, if I can't have you, I will legally bind myself to you <laughs> forever. Sounds so romantic. Right? Yeah. How modern of you. So his friend is like, Dude, let's just go then. Let's surprise her. And because the whole point, and this is what's really funny too, is this was obviously before 9 11, because they're able just to show up. Anyone can buy a plane ticket and you can just fucking show up the morning of and be oh, yeah. completely fine. So that's what she says. She's like, okay, think about it. Do it for me if you can. I'll be here in the morning waiting for you. And. <laughs> That's what's so. I still can't believe it. You watch an old episode of Friends sometimes, and they like go right up to the gate and, and say goodbye, just, or people can meet you at the gate. Yeah. Oh my god, you got here! They buy tickets to a thing without luggage, like this one way. You're like, right. that would be red flags all over the place. Like, okay. never would that ever happen. No. They go ahead and they take this drive, and as it ends nighttime, and as they pull up to this broken down car, there's a person laying there. So Freddie Prince Jr. goes over, and it turns out to be a mannequin. And then his buddy gets killed with the uppercut chin thing with the nice. hook, which is awesome. Which is, that's right. the only way you the can do it. The only way you can do that. Yeah. And they've done it now. So now we should actually have a checklist of everything they're repeating from the first movie. So you've got hallucinations already. You've got the dream sequence. Freddie Prince Jr., a friend of his, getting killed with the uppercut thing. Then he gets chased with his own truck 
down the road where he could easily once again step to the side. So that's another exact same thing from the first movie. He ends up finally almost getting hit, jumping down and tumbling down and getting knocked out, basically. But not fucking killed. Just gets knocked out. I don't know why the killer doesn't go down and finish him off, but he doesn't. I'm not done torturing you yet. I, I guess. But so obviously he doesn't make it. So the master plan, apparently, was that the backup, because he didn't show up, was going to be Will. Because obviously Brandy's just like, fuck Freddie Prince Jr. Because when I go with my friends on vacation, if I'm getting laid and they're not, I feel bad and I want to hook them up too. Is that a thing? <laughs> apparently. Okay. Because we can't all just be hooking up. Right. I mean, like, it can't just be me because then I'll feel bad. All right. So I, don't, I really don't want to talk about this that much longer. So let's <laughs> okay, just say cool. this. They get to Tower Bay. It is the off season. They didn't do any research so they don't know. So it's the off season, which means a big storm is coming. So barely anyone's working there. There are no other guests. So really all you've got are a few like laundry people. Jack Black is there as the Rastafarian guy who's always high. So terrible. So absolutely terrible. And then, by the way, Jennifer Esposito is the is the bartender. And we were calling her, by the way. We were calling her Carmen Esposito. And I don't know what that's from. But I know it's someone that we actually know. Right. Jennifer Esposito was there as the that's the bartender. And there are just all these random people. Right. And just, here's the deal. They all get picked off. And it doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. And once again, they do the same thing where they kill someone. It gets set up in Jennifer Love Hewitt's room. She screams and she yells and she gets people there. And when she shows up, it's completely spotless. There was blood on the floor. And there was blood all over the place. And yet somehow it gets cleaned up within two minutes. So that's why I was saying the Gordon's Fisherman is awesome at cleanup. Like I don't so know how he does it. Is it a 1408-like thing? Like, it's the room just eats the bodies? Like, If only. But we know, that's not, we know no. that's not the case. Uh, Mackay Pfeiffer is a douchebag the entire time that they're there. As people are dying, this is the whole thing. As people are dying, Jennifer Love Hewitt is telling people, like, it's him. He's back. And Mackay Pfeiffer just does not believe her the whole time. It's like, well, then how are you going to explain all the people who have been slashed to death? Right. I don't get it. Like, how do you not understand? That's because he's like, dude, you can't slash people with a hook, bitch. It's someone else. <laughs> that must have been it. He didn't seem that smart, though. No. <sighs> so everyone. All right. So yeah. let's go no, over the holes. You do here. it. What, what's, the, what's the big What's the big deal here with, with all the holes? Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's just so dumb. I want to cover this I'm one signed. too. No, so we're on. just, that's why we're doing it so quickly. All right. <laughs> so everyone keeps on getting murdered and blah blah. Brandy oh. gets thrown through a window or something. So. Estes, the old guy, the old African-American guy that does voodoo to protect them. Like, no. he never mentions Will. He sets the globe to show that Rio is not the capital of Brazil. That's when Jennifer Love Hewitt starts piecing things together is when she sees that. And that's when later on she does the, what are you waiting for? Like, it's pouring rain. And again, it's out by Throwback. this. Yeah. And this was another thing of bad acting because he takes them. Estes takes them. I think that's what his name was. Estes takes them to these graves. And there you see, I guess, Ben Wilson's daughter, Susie, who was killed in the car accident. Then you see the grave of his wife. And someone tells a story about how, I think it was Estes, tells a story about how Ben Wilson used to work there at the resort, which makes no sense. None of this, why did he work there? And then go, like, they don't tell anything about that. So he works as a resort hand. And then his wife was staying with him in one of the suites. And apparently she was maybe cheating on him. So he killed her in the suite. 
and then gets to bury her there. Right. So pretty much this is a group of people that are from the Bahamas and that's why they're able to be buried in the Bahamas because you have to be from the Bahamas. And then he realized after murdering his wife that he's going to take his daughter and have her grow up in New England where I'm going to still be a fisherman. Right. And then when she dies, I figured, fuck it, I'll just kill everyone. Right. (laughs) After already killing my wife. Right. My wife. Sorry. (laughs) It's a Doug Benson thing. I shouldn't be taking that. But... (laughs) All apologies to Doug Benson on that one. Yes. But... (laughs) This is how I try and put it together. And it still makes no sense. It's so... He has a son Mm -hmm. and a daughter... In the Bahamas, I guess. The wife is apparently cheating on him, so he kills her. Mm. The body gets buried there. He takes the two kids, goes to Maine, or takes the one kid. I don't even know. Wherever there's... Goes to New England, whatever it happens to be. Right. The daughter is fine with all this. Both of them seem to be fine that the wife was killed. The daughter gets killed by accident by a guy who's going to marry her. Mm Mm-hmm. He decides to kill him. Yes. And then somehow that body of the murdered guy, like, so the Bahamas knows that he murdered his wife. Right. But yet lets the body of Susie come back to the Bahamas to be buried in the family plot. Plot. I don't think that happens. I don't think that's the thing. They would be like, oh, so he must be in New England. Let's go track him down because he's a murderer. Maybe. Well, that or I mean, well, that's just it, though. Like, just because the wife was murdered, you assume it's him. It doesn't mean. Well, that. I thought I thought he wasn't careful about it. I thought that's what Estes was saying because Estes said he murdered his wife. It wasn't allegedly. Right. Mm. So who knows? But when he takes them to the grave site, there's an empty grave that has Jennifer Love Hewitt's name with the year, and that's when she asks, "She's like, what? Is, what day is today?" And they're like, "July 4th. And then that's when she turns around. She's like, what are you waiting for? Come do this now. And she goes, but my grave stays empty. Why would he come then? Because he would want to kill you and put you in that grave. We're going to sit down and talk about it. And we're going to hash out our feelings. Because clearly we both are kind of, we're just going to need to talk it out. (laughs) It's just so fucking stupid. (laughs) Also, the way Mackay Pfeiffer dies is pretty fucking funny too. Because they're in the kitchen or whatever. And there are four people with them. And somehow the Gordon's fisherman is able to have been hiding in the ceiling of the kitchen somehow. Yep. And without making any noise is able to stand down on the thing and slice him through the neck with the hook. And then he's so super strong that he's able to lift all of Mackay Pfeiffer up from an already elevated position using that hook. I don't know how that's possible. See, he's that stealthy with everything so far, but apparently... First time around killing the wife, half-asses it, apparently. He has no problem also, we didn't even mention this before, somehow he gets around so quickly that he's able to carry all the bodies to certain places where he somehow knows that everyone's going to be at some point. That's also one of his gifts. Uh, See, this is the problem. Don't ever block all your movements before you do them, because then the murderer really knows where you're going to (laughs) be. That is true. If we learn anything... Please learn that one. And also, how about this? Please learn that if you're being terrorized constantly, maybe you get a fucking gun. Why doesn't Jennifer Love Hewitt have a gun all the time after that first movie? But now, while we've been talking about this, Freddie Prince Jr. wakes up in the hospital. He then takes off all of his stuff. Now, he's fucked up. He's got all these scratches and bruises, and his arm is in a sling. And he shows up at a pawn shop. 
and pawns his ring for a gun and tells the guy to load it. Somehow he knows where they're supposed to be. I guess she did mention Tower Bay or whatever in the phone call. So somehow he makes it from wherever he is to Tower Bay by not flying, but by taking a bus and then taking a ship. Because that's faster than flying directly there. Like anyone, even then, I don't think anyone would have let him on (laughs) the way he looked. Yeah, because they they make a lot of... There are a lot of scenes of people because they have to document his entire trip to the Tower Bay for some reason. Like he could have just showed up and we would have yeah. understood. But yeah, they but document he got there. and there are always these people looking at him like, oh, this must be a bad person, but nothing ever comes of it. No one goes, Hey, maybe you should check this junky looking guy for a gun or something. Like maybe we shouldn't <laughs> let him on whatever transportation we have. Alright. Well, Greyhound, I could see why he got through that way, and then on a boat, depending on the boat. Well, he did steal the boat. True. So that counts. That counts for the something, I guess. So basically, everyone gets picked off. Brandy gets thrown through a window. They have a bunch of, you know, it's always pouring rain. Right. But somehow, Will, who was knocked out by Estes, because Will says basically, "I'll be right back," and chases after Estes, which right there should tell you something. Why is he so comfortable doing that? Estes goes ahead and hits him over the face with an oar. So I could have sworn that when I saw this movie a long, long time ago. There was some confirmation that Estes knew who Will was. Right. But there's none in the movie that I watched on Amazon. No. So maybe I made it up in my, in my, in my <laughs> young mind. I need to make this work for yeah, me Yeah, I need to understand because Estes, who's been working there for forever, would probably know what Ben's son looks like. Sorry for the spoiler alert, everybody. Right. And by the way, that was the goofiest thing once he separated everyone from jennifer love hewitt basically once everyone's dead because jennifer esposito gets killed all everyone gets killed will then goes ahead and tells jennifer love hewitt that he's also a killer but you know because you've seen the killer as ben like you see his old grizzled face you know that it's ben too but so this is the twist apparently and i actually saw some reviews from people saying that this was an amazing twist and gave this movie like four or five stars. And I, I was like, these are the people that vote. Yes, absolutely. And drive minivans. Mm, that's true, too. <laughs> so he's dragging her out to the gravesite again. Now he's all of a sudden become psychotic guy. So he's doing like the weird face twitches. And he's smiling all the time. Like this is what he's all about. Apparently. I finally ran out of my Prozac. And now you get to see the real me. I guess so. It was so <laughs> stupid. So he's dragging her out there. And he's like, don't you get it? She's like, why are you doing this? He's like, don't you get it? Will, Ben's son. Ben's son. Like, knowing him in school, she's going to go, oh, his name is Benson. Ben's son. I probably should not be talking to that guy. Right. So then there is no other explanation for anything that goes on next. Ben will. Now it's going to get confusing. Ben Wilson and Will Benson. Yeah. Ben is about to, you know, slash up Jennifer Love Hewitt. But Will makes it seem more like they're going to have a lot of fun raping and torturing her, though. The way that he's oh, talking. Yeah. yeah, the way he's talking, this is going to be more of a like long-term thing that they're going to be doing with her. Which is scary enough, but he's not saying that, but he's saying that. Yeah. But yet, as Ben is going to slash her, guess who shows up? Mr. Freddie <gasps> Prince Jr. Yeah, that's right. My hero. And he's got the gun. And he's, the sling is off somehow. The sling's <laughs> gone. He's got the gun. 
Jennifer Love Hewitt's like, kill him. And he goes to shoot, but it doesn't shoot. It just clicks that first round doesn't go off. So you think, oh, well, maybe the pawn shop guy was smart enough to give him nothing. But because you would have also looks thought, like a psycho. Yeah. But if it were blanks, something would have gone off there. Right. And you would think that he might have been, but we've already established that he's pretty dumb. So maybe yeah. he didn't even check the gun. When he well, <laughs> if you have to have someone load the gun, you probably shouldn't be firing the gun. Just saying. That's also true, too, especially because it was a six-shooter. And it's really easy to load those. Yeah. So it doesn't work, but it clicks over like the, the safety's not on. Right. So it clicks over. So I don't know what the deal. You're just supposed to, I guess, assume that the pawn shop guy didn't give him any bullets. So that's when Will starts beating him up, I guess. And Freddie Prince Jr. actually gets back up and starts beating him up for a while. Now everyone's just watching. But for some reason, obviously, Freddie Prince Jr. has been through a lot more than Will has. So Will gets back up and starts beating the shit out of Freddie Prince Jr. again. And this time, he starts mocking him. He's like, hey, we could have been friends. He's like, we could have been friends. And then you could have come over here and we could have shared her. So which goes back to the whole, like, are they going to be doing, like, an Eiffel Tower with her later? Like, I don't know what's going on with how psycho these guys are. Like, I don't Yeah. So a lot of really weird stuff to say. And then I wish I had recorded the sound because it was so fucking good. Will goes, hey, Dad, do you want some of this? And he goes, stand him up. That's what he does. It's so stupid how it's delivered. And you know what's coming. You You shouldn't be a fucking idiot about this. Like, so Will stands him up. I don't know why he would need to then hold him there. Right, right behind him. The shit has been beaten out of him. Can't Ben just come over and push him to the ground and then slice him up the way he does other people? Like, it's not that fucking hard. So, for some reason, Will has to hold him there. And obviously, as Ben is coming with the hook high, Freddie Prince Jr. punches Will and then moves out of the way. So then Ben comes crashing down with the hook into his son. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you're so great at everything else. You can put bodies in cars. You can do this and that. You can make stuff disappear. But this one thing, yeah. you manage you to fuck up. Yeah, you can't stop your hand from going down. So, right. So he then goes, instead of going, no, like Star Wars, at least he goes, "R" like a pirate. So it works out. By the way, <laughs> they don't even mention that he has a hook for a hand now. So that, that hook, because his hand was chopped off before, he's not holding the hook. The hook is his hand. He's Captain Hook now. He's Captain Hook now. He's Captain Hook. Absolutely. So now he goes to kill Freddie Prince Jr., but all of a sudden the gun works now. And I'm pretty sure that Jennifer Love Hewitt shot him more times than that gun holds bullets. Oh, they always do that, yeah. though. They never check that one. That one's always a gaping hole in most things. And, of course, no headshots. No. All right in the chest. And he falls back into the open grave. Well, he can hold his breath for a long fucking time, as we know from the first movie. So it seems like he would just drown in that grave. But who knows? Right. Yeah. No headshots. No nothing. And this is what got me about this is there was, like I mentioned before, no explanation. So did Will help him in the first movie? Did he right. help him? Is that him? how you're because, in two places? And to say, yeah, to say how often he was able to clean up his messes and how he was able to move people's bodies. Like that might have made a little bit more sense. To say something like that. Or right. how about you had it that Max was his son. Right. And, and have Max survive that first movie. You know what I mean? Like there are ways you could have made this work a little bit. But instead you get no explanation whatsoever. Right. And that was your time to monologue. 
because right. why would the son be crazy? Why would was he not there? Did he help his dad when Susie was killed? Like they talk nothing about that. So it made no sense. Why would he want to do that? But they have to show you the whole time of Freddie Prince Jr. doing the whole I'm gonna take the Greyhound, then yeah, I'm gonna the throw the boat. Like you could have cut that out and gave us more exposition and then made this kind of work. Because my big question was, did he get the miles? Like did he use his card? Oh true. <laughs> so they travel back. And by the way, there's no scare moment after that. Like, Ben does not get back up. Will does not Pop get back up. Grave. Yeah, there's nothing ah! nothing like that. So they're just holding each other. Obviously, the storm is done by that time. You know, right perfect timing. They show up. The Coast Guard shows up and tells them to stay put. And then Brandy hobbles over because she survived, of course. Right. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't kill Brandy, for sure. No. One of their, I guess, funny lines was supposed to be when Brandy goes... Let's not tell everyone that it rained the entire time. You're supposed to go, ah, <laughs> but what about all the dead people? That's oh, what really ruined your time, right? Yeah. I hate that when you travel. <sighs> I'm just trying to think if there was anything even redeeming about this movie. No. Well. Jack Black was, was so awful. She was wet the whole time, so there's that. She was, but it was still awful acting. Her yeah. friends got mad at her the one time when she told, you know, Brandy got mad at her for not telling her the whole story about how they didn't find ben wilson's body but hey guess what motherfuckers you could have looked that shit up yeah. like we understand why will didn't look it up <laughs> you know right. will's like yeah ben's alive like of course yeah. but you would think if you're living with someone who has been the victim of slasher movies like because in scream 2 the girl that's living with nev campbell knows everything about it right and she's smart enough to do her research to know that shit this girl <laughs> brandy is not right it's one of those i'm potentially living with a threat so I want to know everything that I could possibly know that you will or will not tell me just to cover myself. So the last scene in the movie. Because, yeah, there's really nothing else to say about anything no. else. Everyone's death mattered not. You didn't like anyone in this movie. Like maybe Brandy a little bit. But even Brandy shouldn't have been trying to hook her up with Will the whole time. And it right. really is her fault that Will was there on the trip. Though since the whole thing was set up so that Will would have to be on the trip... <laughs> And why not just call Jennifer Love Hewitt and have it be two tickets for her? Right. Like, why they have to bring Brandy and Mackay Pfeiffer along? <laughs> Maybe Will just didn't like him. And that's understandable. Go. He wasn't right, dead. I'm just going to take these guys out, too, because screw it. Yeah, why not? Just add to the kill count, I guess. Because also, how do you explain? How are they going to explain to anyone else that they were the last survivors? There was no backstory to be able to save them when the Coast Guard inevitably shows up. Right. Were they just going to go back to the town? And then they didn't kill Freddie Prince Jr. So <laughs> wouldn't you think he'd be yeah, chasing you the whole time? he's an idiot, so nobody would really believe him anyway. Ah, that's a good point. But not idiot enough to not lock Jennifer Love Hewitt down. Because the last part of the movie is they have bought a house somehow. I, don't, I still don't know how. They bought a house. She has a ring. They're living together. I have no right. idea. I don't know if she's still in college. I don't know what he's doing. But they have a nice house. And she's walking around and... Not skimpy clothes. You can tell what I liked about it was Brandy is wearing like revealing stuff during the movie. Like she has like a bathing suit on and like all that kind of stuff. They never show Jennifer Love Hewitt's ass in the movie, but you can always tell she's got an ass. Right. Like I don't know why she's not wearing something tighter because it would look even better, but you know, tease her own. Tease her own. <sighs> I don't, this is so fucking stupid. So Freddie Prince Jr. is brushing his teeth. She's going to go to sleep. And he's like, don't you fall asleep in there, girl, because presumably they're going to have sex. 
And she looks over and she sees this bear for some reason. And she hears a noise. So she goes downstairs and the window is open. So right there, you're like, what the fuck? You're like, you know you didn't leave the window open. And then there's mud footprints all over the ground and all over the wall. So you're like, what the fuck? How do you not see that whatsoever? She's like, calm down, calm down. There's nothing wrong. She gets into bed and sees that the bear is rocking back and forth. So she steps up, looks at a mirror, and underneath the bed is Ben with the hook and hooks her by the legs and drags her under. And that's the end of the movie. So right there, is she dreaming again? Right. What is it? Is she dreaming in this whole fantasy world where she comes home late from work and then... All this shit just goes down. So that's the fucking end of the movie. Yay, 7%. What I was surprised about was they didn't end with this. Oh, this is almost what was happening. Oh, interesting. Ah, static in the head, though. I don't know. What can you do? It's taking all I have not to just play that on repeat like multiple awesome. times. Awesome. Yeah. And that's how we're going to close. But she did. Well, actually, no, you know what? She didn't deal with the killer twice because she didn't check to fucking. And that's the thing. Look, we'll go off on this another because we still have two more weeks of October. So we still got two huge movies to go. And believe me, we've been, I think since I started this show, I've wanted to do these two movies. So that's a, there's a little hint for you. So this is going to be awesome. But I've never understood that with the horror movies. That's kind of why I like, I think it was Halloween, like five, the one with Paul Rudd in it. Because at the end, when he kills Michael, he kills him with like a fucking lead pipe. He just smashes his face in. That's how you make sure someone's dead. Right. Like Headshot. How, yeah. Zombies. Headshot. Go, seriously, go chop them up. Yeah. Sever their head off. Like, do something. How do you... Just make sure, like, break all their bones. Like, don't just be all done with it. Like, he's got a hook, right? Go get that hook, rip his throat out, and then dissect him with it. Like, why can't people do that? They're so... They're so... Let's have a hug and look down at this grave. Like, no. Why don't you check on will and make sure he's not coming back too because you know this shit happens like that's the thing by the second movie and that's why i love scream so much is because they learn their lessons from this stuff where other slasher movies don't especially when they're sequels it doesn't make any sense that's that and now i'm worried because you said they're rebooting it that scares me that's what's scary none of these would ever scare me that scares me (laughs) but once again hey if you have people you can call Get me in on this. It's not fan fiction. I'll just write the movie so it's good. Right. I can do that. I can, I can start submitting stuff for you. I can make that movie good. It's not that difficult. Like, this stuff isn't very hard. It's just they know they can put in little to no effort and still make money. Horror movies. That brings us to the end because we're not doing that last one. No. And I think I hit cool. everything I wanted to talk about. Kelly, did you hit everything, I think? I think we covered everything. I mean, we made fun of all the appropriate things, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, then... Do you have anything that you would like to plug? Um, You can always find me at Nerdy Girl Ivy on Instagram and at Facebook. Thank you to all the haters out there. Woo! Thank you for listening. Merchandise to, to come. Oh, in yes. Time for the holidays. We have a lot of stuff. And I know we've plugged this before. We have a lot of stuff coming. We just can't 
give it away right now. But right. I might also have to start a competition or something soon <gasps> because we're bringing back the radio, Colin. We'll be calling. You guys. <laughs> we'll be calling. Just you. stay yeah. tuned. <laughs> get ready with the capital of Brazil. <laughs> that's, Woo! that's coming. But what I want to do is I know how many people listen to the show. I know there are a ton of you, but no one's leaving the reviews the way Ugh. they're supposed to. So on iTunes, go to reviews. The first thing I'm going to start is we'll read your review on the air. We will read it. And discuss. Because it matters to us. It's very important. But we're not getting the people to do it, unfortunately. So we'll probably start a contest about who can write the best review. Because I know this isn't buying you off because I know you guys are out there listening. So you only have to take that five minutes and do a favor to us. Because we're giving you all this free content. It's true. You can call it entertainment. You can call it whatever you want. Maybe you just like hear people's voices. Maybe you leave this on for your dogs when you leave so they think people are there. Whatever it happens to be, we're still taking the time to do this. So if you can, take that time to rate us in iTunes. Rate us five stars if you like it and leave us a review. And we'll figure out some kind of a contest. Also, you can go ahead and interact with me on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Ian Hates Podcast. And on Facebook... It's facebook.com slash Ian Hates. You can also email me, ianhates at gmail.com. And then, like you know, you can stream and download every single episode of Ian Hates Movies and Ian Hates Music on www.ianhates.com. So I think that covers everything. You already know Ian Hates Love is in the works. Just remember there's a lot of stuff that goes into it before we can get out there. Plus, I'm already doing Ian Hates Music, Ian Hates Music Conversation Edition and Ian hates movies. So just give me a little give me a little time. We are waiting on drops. We are waiting on artwork. We are waiting on all the things that we need to start it. And then yeah. we can submit it to iTunes and Stitcher and all the other podcast listening apps that you listen to. And the goal is to make it right so we don't have to keep remaking it right. So that way we can just run with it when it come, when we can actually push it out. Exactly. There's always a learning curve with podcasting. But if you've noticed... If you go to the website, we're almost over 100. True. Yeah. We've overtaken a lot of podcasts that were there before. Like, there are a lot of things we've done that are pretty impressive. Not to not to toot our own horn. <laughs> not to toot our own. I can't even say it. No. Yes. Yes. Toot our own <laughs> horns. There you go. There it is. But yeah, we, we love doing the show. We hope you love it as well. Kelly, any final words for people? Just come at me. Why are you making me wait for this? I don't think that was even close. Why are you waiting me? Why are you making me wait for this? Is what you said. I want to put my own spin on it. I like to be original. That's what people are yelling when I talk about Ian hates love. They're I'm like, saying, "Why are you making me wait for this?" Oh, yep. Such a tease you are. Oh, I'm good at that. That is true. All right, and I will leave you guys. Oh, before we go, we did mention this. The next two movies are big time. Booyah. The, yeah. I mean, we enjoy most of the movies that we do on the show. The next two movies are two of the hugest ones we've ever done. So there's your little tease for that because I am so good at it, right? Yes. <laughs> so I will leave you the way I always do. All right, no. I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. Market
morning from Magic 96.7 Radio. Oh my god! Yes! One Magic. Yes! Oh, wait, quick, get away! Yeah! After what happened last summer, we are going to the Bahamas. Nobody deserves a vacation more than Julie James. We have arrived in paradise. And here, miles from civilization, to a great weekend. Yeah, to a great weekend for She's me. finally gotten away from it all. I should have changed that stupid lock. I should have made Julie the key. If I'd have known for just one second, you'd be back to bother me. Don't know the lyrics. Hold on. <laughs> something to the screen. I said, what are you talking about? But she can never escape her past. It's happening again. What? Because there are some secrets. There, there was a body in there. Cool. I am not going crazy. He's here. Who? Who is here? And there are some fears. Hey, Julie, you seen any dead bodies out there? Two summers ago, we hit Ben Willis with our car, and then we threw his body in the water. Can you not tell me the whole story? I'm your best friend. That will haunt her forever. I want off this island. That's not possible. This time... I still know what you did last summer. Get hooked again.